On this week's episode of Circles Off, powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook, we're going to get into whether or not you need winter tires on the East Coast during the winter season. But most importantly, we're going to go into tweets that trigger us this week. There are a lot. People are starting to galaxy brain themselves into all sorts of these sports betting strategies. We will cover those in the words of the famous Brad Powers. All right, all right, let's hit the books. Welcome to Circles Off here on the Hammer Betting Network, powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm Rob Pizzola, joined by my good friend Johnny from Betstamp. It's episode number 76. Obviously. This is the one and only Pernell Carl Subban. PK Subban, recently retired. Was a controversial player for a bit. Obviously played on a rival team to us in the you know the peak of his career in the Montreal Canadiens. But much respect. Grew up around this area. BK Super legend of the game. For sure. Uh, some very, very good offensive linemen have worn 76. Orlando Pace, Hall of Famer. Dwayne Brown, current NFLer, 76. But in the NBA, only one player in the history of the NBA has worn 76. Mid-90s. Biggest white man. Do you remember? Uh, seven, the mid-90s? Yeah. No, uh, no, I, 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 I'm pretty sure he was in Space Jam, but I'm not 100%. Sean Bradley. Don't know. You don't, okay, Sean Bradley was like the prototypical big white man. He was, I, I think he's like 7'5". He's an absurdly big height. 7'6". 7'6". Sean Bradley nicknamed the Stormin' Mormon. Seven six. Seven foot six. That's crazy. Uh, no no MLB players of interest that have worn uh, 76. As usual, Circles Off is sponsored by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook. It's now available to players in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. We always preach that and not available in the United States. Me and Johnny talk about it all the time. We preach line shopping. We think that's extremely important. We would never consider betting without Pinnacle being one of our sports books. Low hold, win more, lose less when you are betting with Pinnacle. Lots of crazy stuff happened over the course of the past week. In this episode, we will do a Tweets That Trigger Us segment. And believe me, there was like, there was so many to choose. We could have ran a five-hour episode on the amount of tweets that I saw this week. We are in like the the galaxy brain era of sports betting is what I want to call it. There's so many new people to the space right now that are convincing themselves of stuff that's meaningful. And it's, it's hypocritical for me not to call myself out because I was like this when I was younger, right? There's certain things that you just think are going to work for you. And then like it works in a very short sample and you start telling people to do it. When I was young, I used to go to a literally a free picks website every day when I was in high school and even in early university, early college days. And I would go through every single capper and just click on their free pick. I wouldn't buy their package. It'd be like a list of 25 people and I'd chart them all in Excel. And there would be guys that would start, they go like 14 and seven in 21, 21 games. And I would just start tailing their free picks because I had no concept of like small sample size, complete randomness in sports. And now we're getting to all sorts of stuff nowadays, like the fade the public stuff, uh, the books know, Vegas knows, games are fixed, this and that. Um, there, there's like a million things we're going to get into today, which like I... There's some good stuff coming on Twitter right now. There is some good shit, that's for sure. There's definitely some good stuff. There was an announcement from Spanky this week 
Bet Bash will be happening um, in August of 2023. I'm very much looking forward to that event. Bet Bash 2023. I think Rob and I will both be there. Early commits. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the value in the betting space from networking is unparalleled. It's very valuable in every single industry, but in betting specifically, like just being able to, you know, bounce ideas off other you know, sharp minds or other people who are just in the space looking to, you know, try to either earn money gambling or have fun gambling. It's an awesome opportunity. Recommend that, uh, you know, everyone who has the means, time off, stuff like that, um, to check it out and potentially, you know, grab your ticket and head on out. It's held at uh, Circus Sportsbook in uh, Las Vegas. Get the hotel up at the D. Oh, yeah. And uh, man, maybe we'll see you there. You know what I love about those events? Uh, Derek Stevens, who we've had on Circles Off previously, uh, talking about the Circle Millions and Circle Survivor. He just like posts up with everybody at the events. Just like the owner of Circa, he's just there in the mix. Um, loves to grab drinks with everyone. Like, it's a really... We've seen the evolution of Bet Bash, which has been pretty cool, actually, though. Because like, first Bet Bash, just like a one-night event. In Jersey. In New Jersey, rooftop bar. Um, in like during COVID times as well. Um, one of my last memories of Dink actually, Dink was there in his, I think, Quebec Nordiques jersey or so, Wendell Clark Quebec Nordiques was jersey. Clark? I'm pretty sure it was a Wendell Clark Quebec Nordiques jersey. Yeah, yep, that was, yeah, that's where he was, he was in that jersey. That's right. The blue Nordiques, great jersey. But that was like a roughly a five hour event, open bar, put a lot of people into, like, cram a lot of people into a rooftop patio, open bar, five hours. It gets out of hand real i'm not saying that was like out of hand out of hand like you know fights or anything like that but it was like it was an event you know what i'm saying but it was a one-nighter went by like this great to make some connections there last year um was the one at the first one that spanky held at circa i tried to attend everything there also i'm a good friend spanky remember that i'm a good friend he doesn't by the way spanky does not pay us to promote this or anything like that um but i tried to attend all the events with him um, including the Alan Boston movie review on night one, which I can't even remember what the movie was, but I found it very funny to watch Alan Boston critique the movie after the fact. It's like some gambling movie that I never see. It's like from the 70s or 60s or something like that. Well, we'll see you guys all there this year, hopefully. I'm sure we'll talk about it again as uh, it comes closer to the lead up and as we have you know a little bit more information on like exactly who might be speaking there, who might be interested in or who might be doing certain events, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, love the community coming together. And I do feel like, you know, for the most part amongst the more sharper betting community right now, at least it, it is as less as l least hostile as it's been over the past, like, you know, call it 10 years in my opinion right now. So I know, you know, a lot of the people who were typically like, you know, attacking people and stuff like that. It's now like, all right, we've all banded together and like, you know, we just get triggered by other people's tweets now instead of our own, which is kind of good, but kind of bad. Also. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I think people just getting older and realizing that, like, you know, it's not uh, you don't need to go after a guy for a certain thing, like whatever. I personally have never gone after anyone. Oh, you're you're very quiet on social. Twitter, you, yeah. you, you, use, you use Twitter just to, like, you know, stay up to date, so on and so You use it in a different capacity than a lot of other people. Like, we interviewed Ferris a few weeks ago, right? And asked him off air beforehand, do you want me to promote your Twitter? He's like... I don't tweet like I just I just use Twitter for news and to keep up with stuff. And that's one way for me. I was always immersed in Twitter at the beginning. And, you know, when I it's come my life is it's like it's done like it's come full circle. It's like a complete 180 because when I first started on Twitter, Twitter 
2010 now, something like that. I was the pe- I was the people that we rip or critique. I shouldn't say rip that we critique on tweets that trigger us. I was that person. I had a lot of people who would come after me specifically and say, Hey, like, just so you know what you're saying doesn't make any sense. And I would argue to the death. Like I was that person. Rob Pizzola joined July, 2010, July, 2010. Okay. So like it's been, yeah, we're going on, you know, it's 12 and a half years now. And I was that guy. Like, you know, there was a community in Twitter still exists, but less so called, uh, Seville contrarianville. Right. And a lot of those guys in the early going hated me. A lot of them still hate me probably because they, they still think back to those days in particular when I was just like a pure recreational better and thought that I wasn't. Um, so now it's like our turn to educate, but do it in a way where it's not entirely hostile because that, that was what got me back in the day was it was never, it's never constructive criticism. It was, you're an idiot and try not to do that nowadays. Well, we, you still do that. I still do that. <laughs> I try not to, but I still do. We're going to get into a few here that, um, that um, definitely, I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to. All right, Zach, let's hit it. Uh, let's do tweets that trigger us. I don't know what we're yelling about. I've never seen you mad. I get paved. Why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? You have to be mad. It's a minus a 37 in the winter months. It's it's very cold in Toronto now, too. It sucks. Yeah, it's snow. Outside. Snow. Oh, it's brutal. Had to get uh had to get my tires changed. Yeah. That sucks. It's the time it's the time of the year where you have to check the NFL weather reports on like Monday morning to see what's shaping up for the weekend. Bill Bill's Browns this weekend, total move from like 47 and a half to 43 and a half in, in an hour or so. You're getting snow tires on your car? On uh, So do you have to or no? So I have two cars. I have the, the Tesla and then I have a Chevy Volt. By the way, for anyone who wants to rip them that he has a Chevy Volt, that is the most all-time rippable car of all time. So the Chevy <laughs> Volt purchased in 2018 was at that time, Here's my life story, by the way, like all of you care about this. The Ontario government had a very big rebate for electric they cars. They could have gave that thing out free. I still want to take it. The, pr- the price of that car was 45000 The government gave a $15,000 rebate. So it's 30000 okay, is what we paid for that car in 2018. I'm trying to sell that car right now. I can sell that car for 30000 wow. I literally have driven the car for four years. I don't like the car. Yeah. Okay. So basically what you're saying is for four years, you got to drive around for free in that dusty piece of shit car. I, so th- what's the value in that? Agree. So here's the thing. Until I, I drove a better car, I didn't really put priority. Seriously. I didn't put priority on driving a better car. Like for me, when I was younger, it was always like cars are just like a waste. I just need to go from here to there. Like, I'm just going to drive whatever. I never even considered buying a nicer car at any point in life until we did our first bet stamp trip to Florida. We worked out of, uh, where were we? What? Uh, it's like just outside Fort Myers area. Yeah. Like between Fort Myers and Naples. Yeah. It was an older community. It was the best. 
Cape 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 Coral. Yeah, it's called Cape, Cape Coral. Coral. Cape, Cape Coral. Cape oh. Coral. Okay, great spot. But anyways, um, one of Johnny's friends who lives there um, owns a Tesla and used to come by the the bet stamp house for you know the month that we were there. And eventually, I'm like, all right, like I was very anti Elon Musk at that point because I was a crypto owner. He was messing around with the prices of Bitcoin. Yeah, he, he raised it though. Give him credit. He raised it at one point and then also yes. sank it back down. I think he was probably a slight net positive. I, I just like to let, you know, I don't like outside influence on stuff. It's just another complication in terms of crypto. But um, your buddy took me out for a boot in the, the Tesla. And I was like, oh boy, I'm going to have to go home and, uh, and get me myself one of these. So long story short, I have two cars. The Chevy Volt is driven so infrequently. It's parked in my garage. The Tesla on the driveway, the Volt in the garage, but don't don't get. But it still has. <laughs> Why is that? The, the, Chev- the Chevy Volt still has the winter tires on from last year. Like I, I literally drive it so infrequently That's awesome. that I've I've not needed to change the tires a couple times. Yeah. By the way, I'm not saying that Rob got like a. a sh- it's not like a rusted old Chevy Volt. It was a new Chevy Volt at the time. I'm just saying the Chevy Volt itself is that bad to look at and both drive. It's a it's a hybrid. I could go 120 kilometers, eight, what is it, 80 miles, something like that, on uh, electric, which was huge for me because I don't drive far. This is like driving from my home to this studio is probably the furthest I drive over the course of the year. Occasionally, some golf courses a little bit further, but like rarely, because my home course is pretty close. This is the furthest drive for me. So I can get away. This is like, this is cheap Rob talking now, but like, and especially in the winter, like not having to fill up your tank in the winter. That's, that is the gold mine. Yeah. It's just like to get out of the car. It's not even about the cost. It's the cold pumping the gas. Like it's, it's, you know what I would pay? Like there, there's no self-serve around here. Um, like there was back in the day or full serve, whatever it is. It is all. Yeah, it's all self. It's all yeah. self-serve. There's no full serve where the, you know, you still have the, the gas attendant pump the gas for you. I would pay a stupid amount in the winter for that service. Yeah. And your hands get all like uh, chapped and stuff. Yeah. Like, you're so. gra- like, it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> like it's really, there's days where it's really cold. Who wants to do that? Get out of your car. No, I'm with you. But even when it's not cold, like just this, the saving the trip to the gas station is awesome. It's the best, man. Just but, getting home, plugging in the car. All right. Anyways. Um, yes. Apologies to, to everyone. How, how did that start? I asked if you're getting, are you getting winter tires on a Tesla? Um, probably Do you not. need them? So here's the thing. Like we, we Let's both keep going. <laughs> well, no, no. It's, it's for those out there. I'd be, I'd be interested to know. I don't draw. I don't like to be reckless, obviously. But like, I barely drive. I don't take the car out in bad conditions for the most part. And the tires are so new because it's a fairly new car that I feel like the grip is pretty strong. It'll, it'll be okay. It and claims they're all seasons, but like we do live in a harsher environment where in the winter, it, you might want the winter tires for added safety. It, it absolutely makes a huge difference. Like the difference between all seasons and winter tires makes a huge difference in slippery conditions. But like I'm rarely driving in bad conditions almost exclusively not charge me like one G and then put those on my car automatically without me having to do anything. And I'm doing it. But I've but also the fact that I have to go there, then get a ride, come back. is just that's another an thing, adventure. man. Like you already had to go through like the license ordeal. Yeah, exactly. I've already given my thing for the month. My wife had to go get a new passport a couple days ago. 
She'd wait outside for like seven oh, hours. The worst. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm all about convenience, right? If I need winter tires, if I need that, then I'll do it. But also, like, there's back orders on the on the Tesla winter tires as well. No, you can't get the, those ones. You have to just go get ones from yeah. Canadian Tire. But then, but then it feels like doesn't feel the same. All right, let's get wait, into wait, the wait, wait, wait. Before we actually get into something serious here, Rob's looking sharp today. You notice what he's wearing? Yeah. No, I know. He's trying to show me up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I will only ever wear in the winter a hoodie and a hat or something. Like I'm yeah. not gonna wear. I'm not that guy. The I'll, reason this is the reason I this is the reason I started this so I don't have to wear dress clothes. I like I do like to dress up. People like the, it, every everybody has their own um, like obviously you know style and things that work for them. Some people all the time are like, oh, how do you always wear jeans? Like jeans are so uncomfortable. It's like I never notice. I'm never uncomfortable in jeans. Like I never ever notice them. So to me, it's not a problem. No, fair enough. Like yeah, my my enough. friend Austin is just like. He'll, he'll, in the cold, like, he'll be wearing shorts in his house. or He can be as comfortable as possible. But, like, to me, that's not an issue. I'll lay down on the couch in jeans, and I don't even care. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, it just, that's part, like, that's literally the, re like, one of the main reasons I started my own biz was just so I could just do it. Like, I don't have to dress up in, like, dress pants and a yeah. suit every day. Yeah. Or, Pro like, Producer Zach is dressed in poverty today. Yeah. No, you're looking okay, buddy. Do you have the, uh, your socks, your, your pants tucked into your socks? No. Okay. Just how just how I'm sitting. Yeah, I, I see. I'm not gonna pull a goodie. Come on. What do okay. we think? What tweets, do we think about tweets, that? Tweets. By the way, we, we'll get into the tweets. Oh, guys, come on. <laughs> no, no. I, this is I, a, this is brutal. this is a sports betting podcast. I get it, but that that so when we say tweets that trigger us, this is lifestyle that triggers <laughs> me. The socks tucked into no, the sorry, pants the pants tucked. tucked into the socks. I'd, I'll never understand that look. Never did it. It just looks very wrong all people, the time. People from my high school used but to do that. But what is the point? The cool kids. Like, is, is we have someone here who does it. Yeah. yeah. Josh <laughs> Josh Goodwin does it in the office. I think I've seen Luke do it before as well. Okay. Well, okay. if I see it, I'll roast him. All right. So this is not lifestyle that triggers us, but it, it does in a sense. All right. Tweets that trigger us. Where are we starting, Zach? The one we got up right now? Uh, yeah. Okay. This is one of my favorite of all time. In this segment, it is, it is up there on my Mount Rushmore of favorite tweets that trigger us. Which one? This one on the screen right okay. now. Yeah. Uh, from Gambling Fetish. Interesting um, interesting uh, name. I mean, what's his actual at? Rax Got Me? Yeah. At Rax Got Me. All right. Uh, Stanford, you owe me. With a ton of exclamation points afterwards. Um, and he includes his screenshots from FanDuel, which are... Uh, a long shot parlay. It's a nine leg parlay that pays plus 37,000 essentially. And he lost by one leg. The leg was Stanford. Stanford in this parlay, that one individual leg is almost plus 1200. It's plus 1160. Every other leg. <laughs> every, every, like, like, there, there's some other underdogs here. He put some here. live bets in. I believe that was the Stanford live, by the way, in case anyone's like, "Oh, that wasn't the, the bet on Stanford." Keep it was the Utah game. They were they got absolute. They were down fourteen seven at the half, and they got absolutely mashed in the second half. There, there are a ton of live bets in here. Like even some of the hockey ones are Los Angeles Kings minus twenty five hundred live. Um, there's some football ones. San Diego State. I mean, he did cash a, a decent underdog on San Di San Diego State live plus two sixty, but at the end of the day. Stanford doesn't owe this guy anything. Because you know what Stanford was? They were 12 to 1 to win. <laughs> exactly. 
And Stanford is the, as Johnny would say, the equivalent of its own parlay. That was lit- that's literally <laughs> its own parlay. That's a five-team parlay, roughly. That's a four, like a four-team parlay would be plus a thousand, roughly. Be, that's roughly like fair odds, four to five-team parlay, depending on what um, juice you're putting in there. So basically, yeah, he lost his big parlay, but didn't actually like didn't that's like lose saying oh, lost by the hook got eight of nine and then you put the first eight or like minus one thousands and then the the last one's like a plus thirty three hundred you know L.A. Kings win the cup that's not you're gonna lose like, <laughs> right well that, that's what I'm saying like th- this this one is actually so funny man like when I first saw this one I was I I was almost crying of laughter because I get it like you lose by one game people are upset about that but you're talking about a twelve to one underdog like. I'm sorry. We don't have it on here, but how about that guy who cashed out of that Miles Sanders bet? Did you see that one? I did see that one. This guy bet like a bunch of alt overs on the running back rushing yards, and he hit like the first five or something, and then it was all down to Monday night Miles Sanders, and he ended up cashing out. I will say, odds on the cash out, not horrible. I would have also cashed out. It was worse odds than what he than what he bet. However, like that Miles Sanders bet was just god awful at plus 660. So I actually didn't mind the, the cash out at that price but um yeah he won a lot of money good for him parlay was that gonna win long term absolutely not was it probably honestly one of the biggest negative ev parlays i've seen absolutely it's good getting all the guys alt rushing yards over and like you're barely getting payouts on those um but uh yeah good for him cashed out appreciate that i'm at least he got some cash in the bank we've talked about the the old cash out a few times before on the podcast and at the end of the day I mean, if it's money that's going to change your life in some way or another, or you're going to lose sleep and you don't want to have the risk, absolutely, you can go for it, even if it's not exactly a plus EV play. All right. Uh, Tweet number two. Raheem Palmer. um, Just want to make it known. I'm I'm going to say this because it will inevitably come up, and I don't want to feel like we're attacking people from a specific organization or anything like that. I have zero issues with Raheem Palmer. Um, I just have this tweet in particular, which I saw come across from him, which really bothered me. So this is in reference to the Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings game this past week, where it was uncertain whether or not Josh Allen would play. So Raheem Palmer tweets, market back up to Bills minus six. This should be illegal at NFL. Why this particularly bothers me is that that whole game, Bills, Vikings, is a massive opportunity for betters in one way or another. Like massive. And as a better, you should want the uncertainty to exist in market. Now, maybe he's frustrated because he bet the Vikings early on or something like that and thought Allen was out. I don't actually know the context behind it, but people want like a situation where it's perfect information, right? And that's going to help nobody. Like, think about how many edges exist in sports based off of Almost changes all in the fr- edges. That, but, but like, ev- th- go through every sport, right? NHL, on a daily basis, you get a backup goalie. That's an edge in a lot of cases where you can bet right away. NBA, MLB lineups. MLB lineups, NBA lineups. This happens on a daily basis, right? So we do not want perfect injury reporting. This would actually be very counterintuitive to making money in the long run. So that's why this tweet specifically bothered me. 
in the case of the like the Vikings Bills game this week, you could have set yourself up for a massive middle that like those don't happen a whole lot in the NFL. Like being able to get the Vikings above a touchdown at one point in the week, Bills minus three at one point in the week. Now, obviously, almost cashed. Should have cashed. It, uh, if Justin Jefferson doesn't make, in my opinion, in my opinion, which I've taken a lot of heat for, the best catch in the history of the NFL with the situation uh, tied to it, or just in every, general, every everything about that the situation matters because it, it they won the game because of that play. But the catch itself is actually so absurd that you have a guy going up with two hands and a guy taking it away from him with one hand just barely off the ground and also has the same element of like the reach back. So Okay, I, I'm still going Odell's catch well above that significantly and for a few reasons. But number one is whoever the Bills defensive player was actually escaped my mind right now. That was fourth down. Buddy, bat that down, knock the ball down, knock the ball down, and we don't have this issue. Yes, but um, yeah, I don't think that Jefferson catch. I think it was obviously an amazing catch, one of the hardest to do. But I don't think it was as good. And not saying that Jefferson's not the best in the league, he probably is. But Odell's catch on that better for a couple of reasons. One, it was a way longer reception. In a sense that like ball flies in the air longer. Yeah. Jefferson's was like twenty-one yard catch, twenty-three yard catch. Two, Odell actually caught that clean. Jefferson doesn't catch it clean. He Fair like enough. basically he didn't actually catch the ball. Like the Bills player caught it and he ripped it out and then was able to hold on to it, which is impressive. Yeah. And then in terms of situations, understand Vikes went on to win the game, which is unbelievable. But like Odell's catch was the greatest catch in history because it a was also a touchdown and b was also a hard pass interference. Right. Which was then declined. It was just an unbelievable catch. So here, he here's what it. I'm here's what I'm gonna say. First of all, YouTube comments who's the, who has the greatest catch of all time. I think it's on it, Odell will probably come in at the highest. There's Tweet actually some us. really underrated catches. Sorry, what'd you say? Tweet at us too. Tweet at us as well at circles Should off. Should I put out a poll? Yeah, put out a poll. Put out a poll. That's a good idea. There's some like the, the George Pickens catches no, dude, here that, was amazing. That too. was on well, I mean that now, this is recency like, bias, listen, but if it's a sideline grab yeah. and it doesn't like, I don't like the situation's got to matter. Well, too. of course That's the situation like matters. So like, um, Mariel, um, Mariel Manningham in this, well, that was more of a great throw by Eli Manning, but, um, David Tyree, David Tyree. Yeah. But the actual, my favorite catch ever, like best actual catch is Deandre Hopkins has one Yes, on Houston that was called back because he pushed off, which it was arguable whether he did or not, and the play didn't even count. But that, in my opinion, is the greatest catch of all time for actual, like, skilled catches that he made yes. that anyone has made. It's DeAndre Hopkins in that game when he was on Houston when the play didn't even count. Greatest actual catch situation, everything involved. Gotta go, Odell. Okay, Odell Beckham, that catch. I'll never forget where I was when it happens because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. For people that don't know, so you're gonna call me, everyone's gonna call me biased here now and whatever. It's fine. People that know me well, especially who've been following my betting advice for years, know that I often bet against the Cowboys. It's fine. Odell Beckham pushed off of Brandon Carr on that play. You never see it because they only show... You, all you ever see now is the, the catch. They There there was a flag for, for on Brandon Carr on that play, yeah, which got D, declined. DPI. Odell Beckham shoved Brandon Carr out of the way on that play. Maybe. we it, it Imagine... 
imagine. Get that DeAndre Hopkins catch. Imagine if offensive pass interference was called on that play and how that would have changed the course of Odell Beckham's life. To be fair, he was absolutely phenomenal he was for amazing. that run. In he was that amazing season, in that. Despite that catch, he's he getting two touchdowns a game. He was bl- blistering people. But that that is synonymous. That play is is con- widely considered, you know, the best catch of all time. Comes up tons, shown it every year tons, and it was very subtle. I'm I'm not I'm not saying like it was like a blade. It was very subtle. But he shoved Brandon Carr out of the way. Brandon Carr went flying backwards, like couple yards like I don't know how nobody saw this in real time I'm the Cowboys fan on the couch yelling like you know not even appreciating the catch because I think it's OPI but um yeah there's been a there's been a ton there's been a ton um I, I will take this catch right here as let's, the- l- let's get the link in uh in the description on hey, YouTube here I'm gonna send this to Zach all right Zach's gonna take it we'll cool. get the li- link in the description play this right now if you can this is this is the catch I will take as the greatest actual catch, better than Odell. I, I don't. I can't play it. We're yeah. gonna get banned. Is this an? It's an NFL clip. You you get banned for playing a clip of a video. Yeah, we're toast. For playing a, just a slight clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't do it without express, it's NFL without man. expressed written yeah. consent. Yeah, it's NFL. From the we're NFL. toast. You know how much we only pa- have the verbal consent, <laughs> dude. You know how much Pat McAfee p- pays per year to be able to use NFL clips? How much? Two million dollars per year. You. Well, when you're making that was last 30 mil. Seen. I mean, listen, that's that's But that's also a guy who used to play in the league. <laughs> that's not insignificant. So if we just like click at NFL Twitter, go through and play their videos, we're, we're yeah. banned. We get copyright infringements left right. As side. someone who's dealing with YouTube I don't right now wanna, on a regular wanna. basis, yeah. I don't want to know what's gonna happen if we play this video. Yeah. We'll throw it in the comments no, down that's below. Not, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not even cool, man. It's <laughs> I'll, that's not I'll, even cool. I'll pull up a photo of it. You're talking about the Andre Hopkins. Yeah, catch? that's not cool. That's yeah, not I, don't, cool. I mean, I don't want to see a picture of it. That's not I want cool. to see it in slow mo. That's not cool. Like a 30 second slow mo. Back to this guy's tweet. Just just search DeAndre Hopkins catch that didn't count, and then it'll come up for sure. Catch that? <laughs> yeah. That that will come up. Right there. Oh man, that 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 you could tell just based off Dude, of the, the he, image. Look at the left. Look at the left. The top, we'll play left, that top one left one is, he, ab- is absurd. He nabs it like that out of the air. And then in order to catch it, he has to put it through his leg. Oh, so, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he makes the catch, but he is called for the push off from, okay, from earlier. I'll, in the I'll link this. I'm also just watching it live on my laptop right now with the, uh, with the live reaction, I guess. It's a 40 second clip. Top of the screen. Am I allowed to commentate on this or am I going to get in yeah, trouble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commentate. You're good. On top of the screen. Oh, man. What a, absurd! Uh, he it, it's almost like the um, I've seen dunks like this before, where guys start you know behind the legs, get it out in front. It, it's actually who's this, this Dolphins is, corner that gets absolutely roasted? Xavier Howard. It is Xavier Howard. It is Howard. Yeah, yeah, a good corner. Oh my god! Un, yeah, yeah. This is a but so so. What's actually even incredible though is he actually pins it to his ass. He sort of like catches it, puts it underneath between the legs. Like that was a bullet throw. Also, this is not an easy. Like no, no, that's no, just not even an easy catch to make on a re- with two hands. Like he's, it's that ball's flying by. What a play! All right, I'll link this in the description. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. What? There's this one clip of him. Also, he's actually when he's on Houston, he's facing Arizona, and then um, 
a coach, I, I don't know if it's Arians or not. No, someone goes up to him and says like, it's like an it's like a, a an assistant coach or maybe like a team's coach, yeah. yeah. And he's like, and he's like, hey, to Hopkins, he's like, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, man, like you're the best in the game right now. <laughs> and then Hopkins just looks at him dead in the eyes and he's like, I know. <laughs> I um, so we we he's actually mic'd up. He's we don't mic'd. we don't hear a lot of like the post game stuff, right? Where guys go up to each other and talk to them. Um, this past week, Cowboys and Packers, we got the Lafleur McCarthy um, like meeting at at midfield after what the game. Say? The Lafleur, it was the lamest thing I've ever heard. He just went up to McCarthy. He's like, "Hey, coach, I just want to let you know that I got a lot got a lot of respect for you. Got a lot of respect for you." And he walked away. I was like, "That's I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting to hear, but I was like." Hey, coach, just want to let you know, got a lot of respect for you. It's like, all right. I heard an interview with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He said that uh, he hated Tom Brady throughout his career because one time Tom Brady, they uh, just like walked off the field and like didn't shake his hand after. <laughs> well, it was it was because it was because like Fitzpatrick obviously played on like Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Yeah, he got an ass whooping by yep. New England a lot of times yeah. and always like stayed classy. And then he said the one time he beat Brady. He just walked off the field and like had no class, and he was like, "I always hated that guy because of that." Now. Yeah, he's like, "This guy couldn't take one L. Like I, lo- I lost like sixteen times." The year. Yeah, Ryan Finsbach. There was uh, wait. Did we even finish talking about the tweet? No. Okay, so the, that guy's tweet. <laughs> the reason why it's triggering is because the market went up from my. So it, obviously, like Josh Allen was very questionable. He was at one point expected out, and then he was now going to play, and then it was, oh, is he going to start? Is he not going to start? Whatever he started. So. That's going to fluctuate the line when you're talking about either the best or second best QB in the league with a backup that's not anything great. Case Keenum's he's not horrible, but he's not a great, he's not a, a potential starter. He's, he's a backup is what he is. It's obviously going to shift the line significantly. So Bill's market back up to minus six, this should be illegal. It's like, what are you talking about? Like it just went down because Allen was questionable play and then he came back in the NFL is so big and you can make so much money that like nobody is hiding that news on purpose to like bait the line and then, and then bet into it. Cause if you, if that actually happened, then when the bills were like minus three, if people knew Josh Allen was going to play, then it would just get steamed back up to six and the books would move it up. So like it actually is, there's nothing illegal. No, it, it doesn't it, make sense. Well, uh, And on top of it, like I, I actually thought it was a really good move by the bills over the course of the week. Like, they kept it as hidden as they possibly could. And, like, I get it. We're betting on games. You want the information. You want to know. But, again, this presents, like, this creates opportunity. Plain and simple. These are the biggest edges you're going to find in sports. So, asking for this to be, like, outlawed, which is kind of what I took away from the tweet, I think is just, like, no. Why would you do this? Raheem Palmer bets the NBA a lot. He bets a lot of injury news. Like, we wouldn't say the same thing for injury news. In the NBA, why would you say it for the NFL? Like, Giannis has the flu. This is illegal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this should be illegal. Like, the line moves like four points. I don't get it. I, I didn't. All right, next tweet here. Okay, this next tweet is like a series All of right. tweets. But Pizza man, you do we want to start at the beginning of this one? I, I don't because we'll be here for the next six hours if we do. Okay. It was a thread between Jeff Benson, who is the um, Sportsbooks Operations Manager for Circa, and uh, JJ Gruden at taking the point five, who is a uh, TikTok betting content guy increasing his following on Twitter. Is John Gruden's nephew. 
Is he is he actually though? Yeah. I did not actually know that. Yeah. He's John. So who's his dad? Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. Is this for real? I'm dead. Are serious. you guys pulling my leg? No, I'm dead. I, serious. I have no idea. I'm just going off. This is not Jay Gruden's son. Yes, it is. Oh man. Jay Jay Gruden is Jay Junior Gruden. Yes. I have to. I have to. Oh, Jay Jay. He Jay, Gr- Jay Gruden. Yesterday. He's starting a podcast with his dad, Jay Gruden. So I just quickly Googled <laughs> Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden's son. son. Jay Gruden has three sons. By the way, to each their own. I I I'm, I couldn't help but laugh like a little bit here. Jay Gruden has three sons: Jack, Joey, and JJ. That's fine. <laughs> yes, it's fine. That's something bad, bro. Leonard Fournette's brother is named Leonard Fournette. No, but do you see what? <laughs> no, no, I get. I, I don't want to make fun of names or anything like everyone's it's in, the same. It's yeah, like literally no, it's the, not the roughly name. The same it's not name. the name. It's just like you got John Gruden and then you got Jay Gruden and then you got Jack, Joey, and JJ. Yeah, like, they did it. On, they did it on purpose. Of course, they're doing it's it on right. purpose. I, I don't, it's, I don't think it's, anything it's wrong a long. That. It's a long tradition in the Gruden family of naming your son with a name that starts with a J. Fair enough. Uh, okay, JJ Gruden uh, and Jeff Benson are going toe to toe here. So essentially, how this thread started is that J.J. Gruden bet the over, excuse me, the under 46 and a half in the Bills-Vikings game because he made the total 49 and a half and somebody must have knew something. But we go to the thing where he says that he put the total as 49 and a half. This is a... Okay. Go up, go up. Scroll up. This is it. It's going to no, keep no, going. Oh, keep going. Sorry, sorry. Oh, God. It's max play alert is <laughs> yeah, the first this is where tweet. we got to start. Max play alert. Minnesota Buffalo under 46 and a half has been upgraded into five unit max. Let's fucking go. What's the angle, JJ? Says someone else. What's the angle, JJ? Somebody asked. Total should be around <laughs> 49 and a half lowest for these two teams. So Jeff Benson, which I, I love. Jeff is like, you know, he's kind of like my spirit animal, basically. If you made the total 49 and a half, why are you max betting under 46 and a half? This logic makes no sense. And that's when we got into a lot more of the back and forth and people chiming in. Uh, JJ Gruden said, this man is officially obsessed with me. And Jeff Benson responds, I am obsessed with seeing people in the space with a following accurately and appropriately represent things. If you make a game 49 and a half and max bet under 46 and a half is a big bomb banger. Big bomb bangers. Then you're misleading your followers. And he's right. So this is... Off the top why of the did show. he say that? Like, I don't understand why he said that. Like, you realize this is the equivalent of being like, I'm betting the Maple Leafs tonight versus the Penguins. And you're saying, oh, you're, I'm betting Maple Leafs minus 115. And you're like, yeah, I think this should be plus 160. <laughs> That's what he's saying. But I think this should be plus 160. I, so I'm going to bet him minus 115. So this is what I'm talking about, the galaxy brain. So did he make a, an error in a typo? He or? did not. Here's what people, this is what you're, you're, you're not like uh, truly understanding the state of mind of J.J. Gruden here. These people believe that the books know something that they don't. There's no way this total can be 46 and a half. Like, I make it 49 and a half. This should be, like, there's no way. They know something. I have to bet the under. That's what the that's what the logic is here. That's the thought process. Like, you realize I joke about that every week. And I, I send, yes. I text it to you every week. I text it to both of you guys every week. Once yes. a week, I'll text you guys. Johnny sends like a, in a, in a telegram chat, like his lock of the week or whatever. And it's always a, a pick with some description. With Give us like a sample. Like uh, what's a game that's going on tonight? Like <laughs> no, it'll be like, it'll be like Josh Allen 
Josh Allen uh, was expected all week. Like, camp, like he's not going to be able to throw, got an arm injury. Like, obviously, the Vikings are going to win this game. No way they should be getting seven points, like, with Josh Allen with that arm injury. But also, Vegas knows something. <laughs> Give me the Bills alt line, minus 14 and a half. That, I send that to these guys for jokes. But this is it. So, and then these guys are actually doing this. They're like, doing I'm literally it. joking. Yes. When I, you guys obviously know I'm joking. We know, like, yes. we know you're joking. I know you're joking. But, like, this, this is what's Wait, happening. wait, wait. You're joking? I max bet those. <laughs> But they, they've, they've honestly haven't been doing bad. I know. But JJ Gruden has 20, almost 21,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know what he has on TikTok, but I'm sure he has a pretty decent following since it's it's listed in his Twitter profile as well. Like, it's it just more of this gets spread, right? Over and over. There's some people who know that it's a joke and they do it like jokingly, which is fine. Um, in this case, it's very real. And it's unfortunate because you have a sportsbook operations manager who sees the day-to-day process of it and is trying to tell people it's false. And then you know what the, the responses are when Jeff gets in this thread? It's like, you work for the sportsbook. Of course you're going to tell us it's false. <laughs> of course you're going to tell us this is the way it, w- it doesn't work because you don't want us to beat the sportsbook. And so like, how, how are you going to win at that point when you're the... Like you just tweet under him, sure, says the sportsbook operations manager. Yes. Like, that's hilarious, man. These guys are jokes. These are jokes. There's other... What's the other one from from yesterday? The great... The, but the but you got to get into, like, this part here, Rob. Like, this part that was the initial part that you said. It's like, called luring the public on a certain side that's... No, he did not say this. Yes. It's made me successful. It's called... It's, it's called... It's luring the public on a certain side that's made me successful in the space for a very long time. Contrarian, have you? Coming from a guy that works for a sports book only makes me wonder more. So basically he's saying the books are luring the public and that's kept them successful for a long time as a contrarian. Yes. Um, yeah, man, this guy's, this guy's like, listen, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Obviously his dad was a former coach. I would love to <laughs> listen to his podcast and just see what's up. But um, I mean, yeah, like I can't, um, no, I, I can't even understand what, like, this doesn't make people, sense. People, people, again, I'm going to, for the millionth time this episode, I'm going to use the term galaxy brain because I think it really fits in here. But, like, sports books have an edge because they charge a VIG. Okay? This is where the sports book edge is built in. You go play a casino game, there's a house edge. The house edge is the VIG with the sports book. That's why sportsbooks win money in the long run because they charge you a premium in order to bet. Plain and simple. It's not because Vegas knows something. A lot of times, it's not even in Vegas where this stuff is originating or where the market is moving for the most part. You can do things to reduce that sportsbook edge. You can bet into low-hold sportsbooks like Pinnacle, for example, if you're in Ontario. That's an easy way to reduce the sportsbook edge. However, that's where the edge is for the book when they're taking bets. In that, typically speaking, most people are going to win at a 50% rate in the, in the long sample size. And you need to win at higher than that in a long sample in order to profit. The whole notion, like, I don't, I don't even know what, the, what we, we honestly should have someone like JJ on. Because I, I would love to understand the logic. Like, what do these people think happens? Like, 
Is, are there some backroom calls that happen in Vegas every like these, week? Like very much think like reverse line movement is a thing. Okay, so there, I guess there's extent. There's there's different extents, and because I see it on Twitter all the time, maybe not the best. Like it's a very very you know small minority of people. But do you think like we're at Sundays in the afternoon, and, or or like Sunday mornings, and the sports books are like, ah, oh, we all need this side. And there's like a call that goes into the NFL and says, hey, guys, we all need this. And like, then there's the NFL. What are they doing? They're going to then just call the teams. They're going to call the coaches individually and say, hey, guys, you know what? We need the Patriots to win today. Unfortunately, the other team's going to lay down. And then the the, the, the coaches are going to relay that to all the players. And all the players are just going to like, what do people like the fixing side of things like the sports book knows? Vegas made the call. I joke about that stuff all the time, right? I saw it on my timeline. That's why I tweeted about it this week. Brandon Ayuk dropped a wide open touchdown for the 49ers against the Chargers on Sunday night football. And first thing I saw was like, the fix is in. First tweet that came up. Okay, the fix was in that Brandon Ayuk was going to gain separation from his opponent. Like there's so many things that happened in the play. And then... What if the NFL actually was fixed and we were just talking shit? It, well, if it was, then I would I, I would obviously issue a public apology at some point, but I'm very certain that it's not. Think about the amount of money that players are making, coaches are making. You know, like, it's absurd. No, it's, but, like, did you see yesterday what, what Jeff Benson got dragged into on, in a Twitter thread? Someone asked him, he's like, hey, Jeff, I know you work for a sports book. Like, I'm basically, like, rough quoting it. It's like, I know you work for a sports book, so you probably can't say much, but how much do you think these players are getting paid to alter outcomes of games? <laughs> and then there was a certain person. That's a great tweet. That, by the way, the phrasing of that question is actually so good. Yeah. I know you can't say much, Jeff, but whatever you can say here is appreciated. And then there was a certain person that we know who replied and was, like, that saying, like, convincing this person that they like meet in back rooms yeah i mean and like basically come up with discussions and sign ndas and like get everyone involved from the sports books to the owners to the refs to the players and it's like they write scripts and then they yeah. know what's gonna happen all the players sign an nda at gunpoint no, like, they just sign an nda yeah but like who, how, how many players think think about okay that let's 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 assume that there's a world in which players are signing NDAs, there's fixed outcomes. They have to make certain things happen in the game. Do you know how hard it is to coordinate that, for one? Like, if, if to coordinate an exact outcome, a team winning by X amount of points and making it look realistic, that's impossible. But these teams, these players played at the college level and the high school level. And even before that, as well. How do you play high school football and then college football, then make it to the NFL, the biggest stage of, of your professional career. And you get in there and every single player is now okay with just like, we're not going to compete anymore. We're just going to go. This is a you know, scripted event. It's basically like wrestling. FYI, it's more likely college football would be fixed because like players don't make money. That's what I'm saying. At the lower levels, it's way easier. Yeah, like definitely. But, and then you can basically bet enough money to still make it worth it 
Yeah, I don't think like the NFL can't be fixed. It can, it it actually cannot be. Yeah. Like it, it it's actually maybe you know I I don't I don't like to use the words impossible, but it's it's impossible. It's impossible, man. Think about how would you have how how could this have not got out over the course of fifty years? I don't know, man. Conspiracies. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, that's it. No, we got a few more, don't we? I got I got some screenshots. I think. Okay, while more. we're while we wait, just wanted to uh, thank our sponsor, oh, yeah, yeah. Pinnacle Sports. In the in the meantime, just pulled up my bet stamp odds screen here on my computer. Uh, so for all these looking to bet the NFL, we talked a lot about NFL. All right, we know line shopping is the easiest way. Pinnacle Sports does not kick out winning players, meaning you can bet there, win a million dollars, zillion dollars, billion dollars. They're not going to boot you out, right? You do that at any of the other books. Sayonara. Definitely won't run it up to a million dollars in your account. Probably get kicked after a couple thousand. So what do we have here? Odd shopping, pinnacle, offers, low juice. What that means is they will likely have, when it comes to money line spread total for NFL, they should have the best price on at least one of those of the six options. So home money line, road money line, home spread, road spread, over, under. All right, going here, I'm going to go top to bottom. Colts, Eagles, Indianapolis, plus six and a half, plus 100. Best line in the world right now is at Pinnacle. Down the list, you want the Bears. You want the over, 49 and a half, minus 08. Best line in the world. Pinnacle. Commanders versus Texans. Washington, plus three and a half, and the over, 40. Next game, you got the trifecta. You can get the New York Jets, money line, best price in the world. New York Jets spread, best price in the world, and the under. Go down the list. It is There is one game right now, which is Rams versus Saints. That is the only game on the entire board for Sunday where you will not have at least one of the six options, the best price in the world for Pinnacle. Not saying that these are always going to be the sides you want to bet. But if you don't have Pinnacle, you are actually losing money if you don't have money in your Pinnacle account right now because you're going to place bets. And instead of getting the Colts plus 6.5 plus 100, you're going to get a minus 110 at your sportsbook. And win or lose, you just lost yourself roughly 2.225%. Yep. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say. At, at this point, like, I've, I've used Pinnacle. I'm, I'm very proud to represent brands that I've used for a long time and will continue to use for a long time going forwards. And it's absolutely a necessity in my life and should be in any better's life. If it's available to you in Ontario, Pinnacle should be your go-to for sports betting. As always, go to Betstamp, check out for all your odds comparison. Uh, sign up for Pinnacle Sportsbook today. Not available in the USA, but if you're in Canada, you are able to sign up for Pinnacle. And uh, as Rob and I are saying, like, we're not trying to plug a sponsor here per se. Truly, you need this sportsbook as one of your sportsbooks. It does not make sense to think that you are going to profit long-term betting sports and you're going to be betting at prices that are not the best in, in the world. The last tweet I'm going to get to today. Um, there's a lot, by the way. And keep them coming. Anyone who got, wants to get involved, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening, hashtag tweets that trigger us. We do search them every single week. We pick the best from the bunch. If you also want to DM me on Twitter, you can totally do that. If you want to DM the Circles Off account on Twitter, you can totally do that as well. If you want to drop one into the YouTube comments, uh, link to a tweet that bothers you. We can discuss it as well. Last one, very recent. 
at Levi the Logic. Goes by Levi. Forget that he confuses Penn State and Penn in this tweet. Just completely forget it. It's irrelevant to the tweet, okay? Public is on Penn State and line moved to Penn State. Drexel would be the play. But with Penn State 0-3 and favored, Vegas thought everybody would be on Drexel. Looks like a fade game. Drexel one unit though, but could go either way. This is one of the funniest tweets I've seen in a long, long time. Because I quote tweeted this from my own personal account. Levi, I deleted this tweet. I believe he thought that I was mocking him for confusing Penn State and Penn, which has nothing to do with anything. I don't even know where to, to start with, with processing what has transpired here in terms of the logic to arrive at a bet and not only to arrive at a bet, but to arrive at a bet that is opposite of what you thought and then say it could go either way. <laughs> That's the best part about the whole thing. Like, but like, okay, Penn and Drexel. Public is on Penn. Line moved to Penn. So this means that also sharps are on Penn, by the way, or at, at the price at that the, it was. At the previous at, price. At the previous price. So someone with market influence moved Penn. Forget about the public. Public doesn't matter. Line is the line. But because the public moved towards, you know, is on Penn State, Drexel would be the play. So right now he's leaning Drexel. But Penn State is 0-3, or Penn is 0-3, and favored. Vegas thought that everyone would be on Drexel. So when they posted this line, they did not expect the action to be on Penn. They thought people were going to be betting on Drexel. I don't know how that's relevant, but now because of this information, looks like a fade game. Not even, not even sure what that means, but it looks like a fade game. So he's taking Drexel for one unit, but could go either way. <laughs> he, he actually can't lose with this. I mean, he lost, he lost, but he can't actually like lose for his followers now because if Penn wins this game, he's going to say, knew it was a fade game the whole way. Uh, Should have trusted it. Pen, I called it Pen fade game. If Drexel wins, he's just going to ignore that and just going to say one one unit winner. Now there's going to be people who are like, okay, maybe they they see some logic here or they don't understand particularly what's wrong with it. We did an episode with Chris Bennett a few months back. You should go listen to that episode in terms of how an odds maker actually sets lines because. This tweet implies that Vegas thinks that everybody's going to be on Drexel. It implies that the odds maker is trying to predict like who the public is going to be on and the little like when people realize how little goes into posting an opening line at a sports book, they would be floored. But like even breaking it down just like piece by piece, like first part Public is on Penn State and line moved to Penn State. Yeah. Chris Bennett and like other sportsbook people that we've talked to or had on before have told us like the public's not going to move. No, I'm not going to move the line. So every sportsbook that you bet at, uh, you're providing them information yeah. with every single bet that you make. That sportsbook is now able to profile every single better in their system with a relative degree of confidence in terms of how likely they are to win in the long run. The reason a sportsbook would move the line towards, in this example, Penn State, even though it's Penn, 
is because someone who, or multiple people who are winning betters, are profiled as winning betters, were betting on Penn State. Has nothing to do with public money. Absolutely nothing. You know what? You know, actually, a good tweet that I saw yesterday that made me laugh was uh, someone tweeted it. Some like some one one account tweeted and was like, um, "The public doesn't actually move the line." And then someone with a following who may or may not have been in tweets that trigger us in this episode already today yep. Yep. replied and said something along the lines of like, "That's what they want you to believe." And then I was just like, "Man." This is these people just think like people are out to get them. I, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know. It 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 I, I will say, as someone who's been in this place before, I understand it. But once there's once people start to to show you, or like once you start watching odds maker interviews and, and understanding the space and so on and so forth, change your opinion based off of information that becomes available. Here's what gets me about reverse line movement, okay? People are so fixated on being on the same side as the sharps. This is what the the whole premise of reverse line movement is essentially wanting to be on the same side as the sharps. But now all of a sudden when a line moves like ex- this example right here in a game and somebody checks the public bet percentages and the public is also on the same side, they no longer want to be on that side. They've just dismissed the sharp element completely now because the public is also betting it. So if you, if you buy into a reverse line movement strategy, which is public is betting here, sharps are betting here, I want to be on the sharp side, then why not just buy into like betting everything the sharps move instead because the public is also on it? Like I don't understand the logic behind that. Ken Barkley, you bet or you bet, who goes by Lockie Lockerson, he's... You know, Today he would be Snowy Dayerson. Snowy Dayerson, something like that. Whatever whatever he changes his name to. Ken Barkley is a great guy. I do listen to You Better You Bet. I don't often promote stuff that's outside of the Hammer Betting Network, but I do suggest you check it out. Ken Barkley always says this, which I always laugh at because it's so true. He's like, you know what the thing is about reverse line movement? He's like, you know what reverse line movement really is? It's just line movement. Like it's line movement. The line is now this. The line is now that there's nothing with reverse line movement, this and that. It's just line movement. It's the way that the market works, period. Public has nothing to do with it. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. So I, there, we can cover reverse line movement till ad nauseum. We should probably do like a standalone video on it at some point because it, there needs to be something out there that um, dispels the entire should notion. Pull, yeah, we should actually do that. We should pull We should pull one up. Maybe schedule that for the next month. Yeah, because it's such... it's. It is like the primary way that people are conditioned to bet now. Would you not agree with that? People are always just looking at ways. That's honestly a longer combo. We should have this another time. But I, I think honestly, like people are looking for ways right now to find bets that they think are unique angles. And maybe Rob and I could suggest some other ways that you'd be able to look for bets that might actually be more sustainable. But yeah, this ain't it. This ain't it. All right. Before before we finish this off, actually, I just have a question for you guys because it's uh, there's two things that have happened recently. So the first one being uh, the Barstool Invitational Basketball Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they broadcast it and commentated it themselves, and they talked openly the entire time about uh, betting, what the odds were, how yep. the odds were being affected. 
And then uh, on top of that, if anybody was watching in Canada, specifically TSN last night, the Leafs game, Mike Johnson, we've talked about it before, the personalities, he gives out his bets before the game. One of them was John Tavares over two and a half shots on goal. And uh, Tavares took a shot to get to three and the scorekeeper didn't tally it. Mm. And Mike Johnson, like on air, was basically like losing it on the scorekeeper for not tallying the shot on goal. I'm just kind of curious, like, because some people were mad about that type of uh, introduction or, like, integration of betting into the broadcast. Like, do you guys have any initial thoughts on it? I know, like, Barstool in their own is a different thing, but more just about how they integrate it. Because it was, like, a fun way of integrating betting into it. So, I I do think that eventually over time, there's going to be more and more, uh, obviously, integration into live broadcasts altogether. But, like, the amount of messages I get on a weekly basis of like, hey, why don't you stream yourself watching the football games on Sunday? Like, there, I literally get a handful of them a week. It's like, well, I don't want people to see me at my absolute worst in a lot of cases. <laughs> like, you know, plus I also, you know, sometimes I'm watching and, you know, who knows what I, I'm doing when I don't even know the cameras. I'm going to have to go, if we could do one of me and you watching football, but then I'm going to have to step away to go to the lab to cook up some more plates. Uh, I mean, sometimes when things aren't going well, you got to get that, <laughs> add that secret now. sauce. I can't, I'm not going to be able to watch the games. I'm going to have to go out to the lab, come back and then cook up some more plates. We should actually, um, we should actually do like a, a segment where we're both in like lab coats and we have like all these, uh, these uh, beakers and whatever. And so we just start pouring shit into pots and steaming up. <laughs> and then we just pull a team out of the pot. Drexel. Yeah. <laughs> How amazing would that be? We're just adding all these ingredients, pouring different liquids in, steaming up, and we just pull out the pick. That, that I, I mean, someone's going to take that content, by the way. I almost don't even feel like putting that in the episode because it's yeah, such, a, it. such, such a, a great, great idea. idea. It all will right. be incorporated more and more. But like, this is what happens when um, regular broadcasting personalities who don't bet a lot you know, are starting to get in tune with betting. It's nothing, no disrespect to Mike Johnson. I actually think Mike Johnson's like excellent NHL analyst. Yeah. I really, really think he's one of the best out there. But if you bet shot props in the NHL, you would know that this happens every single night. Yeah. Like literally every single night. And sometimes the NHL will fix those after the fact. But guess what? A lot of those plays get graded right away by sports books. It's within the ruling that they're going to get graded at a certain time. So it is what it is. I mean... It was uh, just funny because he's like, that's a shot. And then Gord, who is the play-by-play caller on the thing, he is like... Like, Johnny, like, they haven't put it up yet. And then Mike Johnson's just like, they better put it up. Like, that's a shot on goal. And he's getting mad at him. There's been uh, Hitman, who we've had on Circles Off as well. He's part of the Hammer Betting Network. Um, Edge Rush on Thursdays, where he breaks down the entire NFL board. You should check that out. He often just tweets. He bets a lot of props as well. And he often just tweets directly at the league of, like, at NFL, just so you're aware, this guy <laughs> lo- picked up an extra two yards on this play or whatever. But, like, yeah, it, it's people are betting. It, it sucks when that happens. But remember that there's probably going to be times where you make a bet and the incorrect, like, ruling or stats are going to work in your favor as well, just as much as they're going to work against you. If you enjoyed this episode, like, please thumbs up. That really goes to to help us on YouTube. If you're listening to it, rate and review five stars. We do like to keep that very close to a five-star review, which is you guys are coming in handy right now. Appreciate that very much. Subscribe to the Circles Off channel on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Circles Off. We'll be back next week. Signed by Pinnacle in Ontario. There you go. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Peace, guys. (laughs) 